Hey, welcome back, all our listeners. This is Binge or Purge. I am your host, Demo, and my co-host, Joe Taylor. Say hello, Joe. Hey, thanks for having me back. Who would have thought we would make it three episodes? Not me. No, me neither, man. Not our listeners. <laughs> we Yet appre- here we are. Yeah, we appreciate everyone that's taken the time to listen so far, uh, everybody's thoughts on it and what they think. We love it. We appreciate it so much. Um, keep listening, and we'll try to make this show not boring. Yeah, and you know, our whole point of this show is we want to help you find stuff that you like so you don't have to sit there and scroll through Netflix for an hour and then just give up and go to bed. We want you to find stuff you like, and also we want to call attention to stuff that we think is important. I mean, we talk about documentaries sometimes that um, I, I think it's important for people to consider other perspectives. So watching TV is not always a waste of time, uh, just like reading books is not a waste of time. It's important to consider how other people see the world. And so um, that's my philosophical point for the uh, rest of the year. So let us pray. Well, thank you, okay. Professor <laughs> Profound. <laughs> Professor Profound on the mic today. Thank yeah. you, man. That All is right. very well said. Yep. Excellent. I'm not sure I completely agree, but hey. <laughs> Fair enough. That's fine. That's fine. Well, all right. We're here to review, and let's just get to it. All right. Uh, you watched Triple Frontier, the Ben Affleck, Oscar Isaac, Charlie Hunnam, uh, ex-special ops guys, made specifically for Netflix. Yes. About two hours long. Two hours, five minutes. Yes. It seemed about that long to me, but I loved it. What do you think? I really liked it. First off, um, whoever was the music supervisor, the movie opens with a great song by Metallica, and it ends with an even better song by Metallica. So props to the sound guys, the music people. Great. I mean, I don't, I don't know who's in charge, but you know, I know it's a throwaway, but I loved it. They even get some Fleetwood Mac in there. I'm saying good, good, good soundtrack, and then good song selection. But that's beside the point. Point is, it's I, I didn't know what this was. I thought it was going to be some sort of like clear and present danger, some sort of political thriller with soldiers. And it turns out it's a heist movie in the jungle, basically. Textbook heist movie. Um, the plot is not, it never really shocks you that much. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that you kind of see certain things coming, but it's so interesting and so well done and well shot, well acted. Um, it takes place out in the jungle, so it looks beautiful. Triple Frontier uh, has some meaning, I think. Triple Frontier, or Tres Fronteras, is an area of the Amazon rainforest where the borders of Brazil, Peru, and Colombia meet. So that part makes sense. But uh, anyway, I just thought it was great. I thought the whole cast was great. Um, Oscar Isaac, I feel like, is majorly underrated. I, I don't feel like he's gotten the leading man parts that he deserves. I know he's in star Wars. He's in everything though. I mean, he's, he works constantly. I'm like, Oh my God, his agent must be like, you know, sitting on a, a pile of gold. He's have, have you seen, uh, this mini series? Well, HBO released it as a mini series. It was shot like a movie, a most violent year. No. Okay. Also directed by JC Chandor, who directed triple frontier. Oh. So they've worked together before. Okay. Um, but he's amazing. And the reason I say, I don't feel like he's gotten the credit he deserves. He had a short film at a festival that I was in not long ago. <laughs> so, I mean, star Wars or not, I feel like he, uh, he's got a lot of upside still. And 
Uh, I just think he's super talented. So I remember um, when they were trying to reboot the Bourne movies, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, Gilroy there wanted him as the lead, and uh, really? and the studio was like, "No, Isaac's is not good enough. He got a smaller part in it, but he, you know, the they wanted to go with instead him instead of Jeremy he, Renner. Instead of Jeremy Renner, he wanted Oscar Isaac's, but uh, it didn't work out. The studio put the kibosh on it. It's Isaac. No S. What's wrong with you? The man is a machine. He's he's always working. And he's here's the thing, he's great. I remember the first time I saw him was in that uh that horrible Ridley Scott Robin Hood uh remake with uh, Russell Crowe. Oh. And he played like the the bad king or something. And then he showed up in uh, Sucker Punch. Horrible movie. I hated Sucker Punch, but I was like, who's this guy? Like, you know, he's just been one of those guys that just keeps working and working. And now, you know, here we are. Ex Machina. Ex Machina. Ex Machina. Ex Machina. I never knew how to pronounce it, but he was amazing in that, too. Yes, it's Ex Machina, Joe. Even Demo got it right. No, he's always good. He's good. But here's here's the thing. I I read up on the movie, and originally, this movie's been in pre-production development forever, back since, like, you know, like 2009, 2010. And it was originally going to star Tom Hanks. As who? As the Ben Affleck part, I guess. Or or the Oscar. It doesn't say who. They, but then they said Tom Hanks. And then at one point, Will Smith was going to be in it. And then Mark Wahlberg. I mean, it's always been Mahershala Ali was going to be in it at one point. And mm. at one point, Catherine Bigelow was going to direct it. Now, she executive produces it because her... Her partner in crime there, Mark Bowl or whatever, that did you know Hurt Locker and uh, uh, Zero Dark Thirty with her, he wrote this. Mm. So they're like producing it, but she was one point going to direct it, and then just kept moving on until it ended up with uh, where it is now. Because Paramount was going to make it, Paramount dumped it, and Netflix is like, we'll take it, we'll take anything, right? So that's why it's a Netflix movie. Well, it's one of the better... Um Netflix original movies I've seen in quite a while. Yeah, it's good. It's definitely it's definitely worth a binge. Yeah. All right. So we both agree. Binge. Binge. All right. Do it. (laughs) It is kind of funny we say binge when it's only like it's not really a you can't binge watch a movie really, but right. It's okay. We still we got to stick we got to stick with our words here, right? Yeah. Watch it. Right. Yeah. It's like oh I don't know what what do you want to do? Should we look at it? Should we see it? (laughs) Binge. Watch it multiple times in a row if you want. Um, okay, so I've got one. Now, this is a series, and I binged it over about three days. It's 10 one-hour episodes, which is a lot. Um, it's called Absentia, and it's on Amazon Prime. It actually came out in 2017. Have you ever heard of it? Nope. No. Um, which is weird because there's only like 12 shows that Amazon Prime has made original. Like, everyone's seen... The marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Oh, I have. And the Jack Ryan stuff, but but this is like, I mean, it's like three clicks over. Never met anyone who's heard of it. Um, I watched all of that Julia Roberts Homecoming. Oh, sorry about that. Uh, we won't get into it, but that's a that's a. We're not even going to review it, but that's a purge for anyone. Just, yeah, <laughs> Julia Roberts Homecoming is a purge. Yeah, but I, but I digress. Excuse me. So absentia. It actually looks very similar to Homecoming. Um, it has a similar tone. Uh, it's about uh, someone who was declared dead, and uh, she what isn't dead, and so she's trying to reclaim her life and kind of solve her own case and stuff. It's got a little bit of like the Fugitive 
to it. Um, no one in it probably that you've ever heard of. The the main girl is a Stana Kadic. Stana Kadic. She was on Castle. Okay. Well, there you go. Right. Yeah. I guess. Um, With Nathan Fillion. Oh yeah. Um. Anyway, she she's great in it. The action sequences are great. There's some shootouts and stuff, and I appreciate when there's like a a gunfight or the cops are breaking into a house or whatever. And, and the uh, triple frontier movie had this too, where it's exciting, but it's not overdone. It's not like you're watching the rock where Ferraris are blowing up and stuff. It actually, you get, it's grounded in some reality that isn't Michael Bayish. Yes. And it's, it's a little bit like unnerving, you know, but it's also exciting. Um, really well done as a mystery. It works great. You know, I love, um, I love shows that are sort of a mystery where you don't you don't know who's who or what happened. I'm starting to detect that because like last yeah. week you were all about uh, the OA and you said that was a mystery. Yeah. So you like these mystery mystery format shows, keep you guessing, keep you thinking? Yeah, I mean, it, it goes back to like, um, you know, I like the old detective n- novels and stuff too. I mean, I, I like going on a journey with the protagonist and that's totally what this is. Uh, she's great. The show's great. Absentia. Now, this is just one season so far? Just got renewed for second season. Ah, okay. So in production. And it's weird. You know, Amazon, it's weird when a show, they probably filmed this in 2015. It came out in 2017. Now they're shooting it in 2019. So it's weird, like, the timeline versus, like, a sitcom where they shoot it, you know, two weeks before it airs or whatever. Um so, I mean, they play by their own rules. But, yeah, Absentia Season 2 coming soon. Uh, watch the first one. All right. So I will. binge. It's a binge. There you have it. What right do you got? on. Um, I have another show that, funny enough, just got picked up for a second season just this week. Um, it's Ricky Gervais's Afterlife on Netflix. Two words. Two words. Not Afterlife. Two words. Afterlife. Why did they call it that? Well, because it's basically uh, Ricky Gervais's character is dealing with the death of his wife. Six half-hour episodes, so it's basically three hours if you want to plow through it, which I did. I did it in uh, I did it in two days. Now, here's the thing: I'm not a big Ricky Gervais guy. I can take him or leave him. I know people like you know they swear at the altar. They love his comedy. Sometimes I like him, sometimes I don't. This show is funny, and it's also very sweet. It's a sweet show, and uh, the only issue I'm having is the fact that it feels like it's complete. I know it's coming back for a second season because it's getting enough views, but it certainly feels like a full arc of a character and a story is completed. I mean, I'm sure he wrote this. He wrote and directed it. And um, there, it doesn't leave you wondering, like, oh, I wonder what's next, or I wonder, I mean, the, 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 the course that he, his character has to go through and the other people on the show, it all comes to a place where you feel like it's got real closure to it. So, I, And he was even tweeting this week, he goes, I'm so glad, you know, that you love the show, it's getting picked up for a second season, but he goes, now I gotta, you know, now I gotta do it, and I don't yeah. know what I'm gonna do. Well, it says IMDb says it's not coming back until 2020, so he's got some time. He's got time, but it was definitely picked up. Good. Um, now, six half-hour episodes, not a great sign. Uh, I mean, that sounds like they got into it and said, "Let's wrap it up." I don't know. It feels. It feels. Here's the thing. I was complaining last week that Shrill, which is six 
uh, half hour episodes wasn't worth your time. And I'm doing the same thing here saying it is worth your time. So I'm kind of yeah. being a, a hypocrite. However, this just had the the right arc to it. It was just the right amount of story. I, I mean, I, I was if, if they did 10 episodes of this, I'd get like, all right, come on. But it felt the the progression of it with with six episodes just felt right. It's it's well made, and it has you know parts of the office in it. It's got like that office ensemble, mm-hmm. and it, you know he's got like these returning characters he keeps running into. There's a woman at the cemetery where he goes and uh, goes to his wife's grave. That she's there. He befriends her, and he starts off. You know the whole thing is he's completely bitter. You know, this is the end of the world for him, and he's taking it out on the world. I mean, Mm -hmm. he's a real piece of shit to everybody. And, of course, you know. (laughs) The mailman. The mailman. (laughs) I mean, everybody at work. I don't know. There's there's an inherent sweetness in this that I I really enjoyed. And it's got uh, performances from, like, three different people that are on Game of Thrones. So it's already like, oh, you know, you throw in Game of Thrones actors, and I'm already a sucker. Yeah. I mean, uh, Walder Frey is in it, and uh, uh, Thoros of Mir, and then uh, the the Joffrey's uh, Fool. Anyway, if you don't watch Game of Thrones, you're like, who are you talking about? But anyway, they're all in it, and they're all very good. Everyone's good in it. The actors are David Bradley, Paul Kay, and Tony Way. That's the show with the dinosaurs, right? The show with the dinosaurs. <laughs> the show with the dinosaurs and the statue with four toes, and uh, yeah, that's it. But uh, right. it's, so it's, a I, it's a binge. Now... Knowing that it's coming back, but I, I feel like you can if you if it never came back, it wouldn't matter. It's it's a sweet show, like and it's like a thing. Do you like Gervais? Do you not like Gervais? It's I'll leave that up to you. Yeah. Like I said, I'm either or. But I thought this was um, it was a nice. It's a nice show. Your mom can watch it. Anyone can watch this show. All right. Well, I'll let her know. Or she's probably listening right now. Um, okay. Something uh, she shouldn't watch. Well, maybe she could. Uh, I watched a documentary on Netflix called Cocaine Island. Cocaine Island. Yeah. Now, this premiered at Tribeca a couple years ago, and it was called White Tide. Uh, and it got a, apparently got a big reaction because Netflix bought it, and they've been marketing behind it. Um, it's bizarre. It's a true story, supposedly. They, can't, they even say at the beginning, they're like, we can't verify any of this. But it's it's a real documentary. It's yeah. not it's not a mockumentary. No, it's not like an improv. No, no, no. It's a real it's a real thing. So, um, without getting too far into like the plot of it, um, a guy hears an urban legend, seeks it out to find if it's true, thinks that it is true, and then finds himself on uh, the wrong end of like an FBI sting. Uh, so, and then there's, there's questions about, I mean, every single part of this story is, it's, it's, is disputed. So it's very strange, but they interview some of the people who are, I mean, they interview most of the actual people that were in it and they are characters. And I should have mentioned, I probably didn't have to, this takes place in Florida. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like a, it's a little bit of a peek into, uh, what Florida people are like, um, but you know, the characters are so bizarre. It's hard to believe that they're not actors portraying these people, but uh, they really are. And it's a stranger than fiction documentary. It's well done. It moves along. It's funny. Uh, I mean, it, it's quirky, funny, weird. Yeah, it's it's interesting. There's twists and turns, and yeah, it is funny. Okay. Um, there's a couple weird things about it. There's one guy who was involved with the story who. They interview him and he's like, 
I don't I don't even want to say that he's drunk while they're interviewing him because he's like full on having a stroke in front of them. Like this guy needed to go to the hospital. He almost, Whoa. He was like, like couldn't even talk. And uh, so that was a little uh, strange to me. Um, but anyway, it, it was great. The people are real strange. And uh, I don't know. It's a binge it's for a me. It's a binge for you. It's only an hour and a half. It's a fun oh, doc. an hour and a half I can handle. I mean, it's like... It's like you're trying to tell me it's like, you know, you know, leaving Neverland and it's like four hours. No. Oh, my God. All right. No, it's not like that. It's uh, it's it's good. Cocaine Island on Netflix. Great. All right. Now that was two. So now we're going to take a break and hear from our sponsor this week. Uh, this week, our sponsor is vegetables. Mm. Your mother was right. Vegetables don't like the taste. Put them in a smoothie with something you do like. Vegetables, act now and start adding some time to your clock. Vegetables, sure, they'll give you gas, but in a good way. Vegetables, binge, don't purge. Vegetables, fresh, frozen, in a can, who cares? For the love of God, just eat them. Vegetables, go to your local grocery store right now and use promo code binge or purge 3263827 vegetables there you go we want to thank our sponsors you know not a lot of people will take a chance on a startup podcast like ours only three episodes in we've already got huge sponsors we have golf golf already and vegetables vegetables. i mean two things that are like green you know i don't know what that means but it's good so far so good yeah so far so good and i mean who hasn't heard of golf or vegetables right big time thanks check out our sponsors support the companies that support us okay um what do you got next all right, this is one we keep, we've been trying to get to this. <laughs> this this review is, is a challenge for us for some reason, but we're going to go for it, and this is the one we're going to do this time. Netflix, original series, first season, 10 one-hour episodes, a little bit of a commitment. It's the Umbrella Academy. Hmm. Okay, here mm-hmm. he goes. Joe already, we were behind the scenes, we're already going back and forth on this one. I, I liked this show. I did. It's a comic book superhero show. It's based on a comic book uh, that was, strangely enough, created and written by Gerard Way. And I'm like, who's Gerard Way? And I'm like, he was the front man for My Chemical Romance. Like that band a lot. And I'm couldn't couldn't disagree with you more. I have no use. <laughs> I have no use for my... I mean, right. I go, he goes... What's that song? The parade, the black parade parade that when I was a black, I'm like, kill me, (laughs) kill me. K-Rock used to play that into the ground. And I I mean, I'm I'm glad you liked them. Anyway, moving on. (laughs) So this guy was like, I'm sick of my chemical romance like me. I want to start writing comic books. So he wrote this series, the Umbrella Academy for Dark Horse Comics. It got picked up at Universal to be a feature. It didn't work out. Netflix is once again like, hey, we'll take it. You know, we're Netflix. And they turned it into a series. Now, I'm bringing it up because also this week picked up for a second season. So two shows this week, actually three shows we're discussing that have all been picked up for second seasons. Mm -hmm. So we're not telling you to watch something that's over and done. This is something that's going to come back. Now, it's a superhero show that I would basically describe as Watchmen meets the Royal Tenenbaums, if that makes sense to anybody. It makes sense to me. That's what you're in for. That I, I, I totally agree with that description. Right. Now, you either like that or you don't. Funny enough, 
while I like this show, I didn't care for either of those movies. Don't hate on me for not liking the Royal Tenenbaums. It's fine. I just thought, eh. Wes Anderson? Yeah, I'm allowed to How not like I know, I know. I know. Quick I know. side note, you know that the Watchmen series is coming. Yes. Okay, but we'll that, talk about that some other That's time. another thing, That's yeah. a whole, which is going to be interesting. But we're not going to go there yet. No. We'll, but we are definitely, when the time comes, we're going to talk about the Watchmen series. Yeah. Um, so I don't even, I, I'm trying not to go into the crazy amount of plot here, but there's because there's a lot, but I will just say this, the premise, if I can, keep it concise, I'm trying so hard to keep my know, mouth shut. I know, I know. In 1989, 43 women across the world all went into labor. He's already shaking his head. They all went into labor and gave birth to children, but they were not pregnant that day. It was like spontaneous pregnancy, spontaneous birth. Some crazy eccentric billionaire guy managed to adopt or purchase I don't know how he did it. It's sort of vague. Seven of these kids. And then he raised them to be superheroes, like teenage, adolescent superheroes. Well, six of them. The seventh one he kept hidden because she, quote unquote, didn't have any powers. Ellen Page. Ellen Page doesn't have any powers. She's the outcast of the group. So they grow up famous. They're like these teenage superheroes. But we jump to present day. And uh, the eccentric billionaire has died. All the kids are coming back for his funeral. And it happens to be while they're coming back for the funeral, they're all getting to know each other again. And guess what? They don't get along really well. And uh, also in eight days, there's the apocalypse. So they got to deal with that as well. So it's them trying to, you know, figure out where they are in life and deal with the fact that they used to be superheroes. They're not really anymore. And the world is going to end in eight days. And there's so much more I could say about it, but we're, I'm just going to leave it there. And I'm just going to say I lo- I really thoroughly enjoyed this show. It takes a while to get going. I like the pilot, but then like the first four episodes, I'm like, oh, I don't know. But once it once it really gets its bearings, I thought it was great. Um, <clears throat> I've watched, I think, three or four of these. And that's where I've stopped. I might continue going. I'm not sure yet. You're not going to do it. I have a question for you. Uh-huh. Um, this is set in present day. Yes. Yes. I mean, like 2019. I mean, yeah, sure. Um, okay. One, one of the kids. Yeah. Lives on the moon. Right. So that's weird. Yeah. But there's also, as you, as you so, uh, astutely hate, one of the characters is a, is a chimpanzee monkey. Talking. Talking. Humanized. Humanized. Yeah. Chimpanzee named Pogo. Now, see, that's where you're either going to go with this show or not. That's where I was like, oh, man, they got a talking monkey. Great. Yeah, it's, 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 it's an outrageous comic book. You got to go with it. You got to go. I mean, there's a, you know, there's a kid that time travels. Okay, I get the fantasy and the sci-fi part of it. What bothers me is the lack of consistency with the logic. There's a talking monkey man. He's the only talking monkey man in the world? Or are they everywhere? Are there just talking monkey men? See, you you're nitpicking this and I'm like I'm saying I'm saying just go with it. I think you got to okay. just go with it. Uh, yeah, I'm getting hung up on the wrong things. It's what? okay. It also it also has uh, once again a uh, uh, great use great soundtrack, great use of music. Yeah, got, yeah that's true. That's 80s true. and 90s music. They really it, it's really good. It's really good. Now, like I said, it takes a little while to get going and this is not for everybody, but if you want like something if you're like burned out on superheroes and want something different, a different take on the genre, I suggest this. There's, there's some really good things about it. 
Um, one more bad thing that I'd like to bring up, though. <laughs> <laughs> one of the characters, I forget his name, uh, is doing a Hollywood Boulevard Jack Sparrow impression. Klaus. He, I mean... It, that might be the guy that plays Jack Sparrow in front of man's Chinese theater. I'm not sure, but it's such a, like, it's such a ripoff. And I mean, maybe that's how the comic book did it, but it's like, if you're going to take Jack Sparrow and copy and paste him, uh, you got to at least credit, you know, he has to, he has to give a nod to it or something. See, but, I didn't, I watched the whole thing and I didn't, I didn't, I see what you're saying, but it never occurred to me when I was watching it. Okay. That's, I mean, hey, no, hey, your take's legit. I'm not saying like it isn't now, but not now when I watch, I'm going to go, oh, it's Jack Sparrow. But in my initial viewing, I didn't pick up on that. Okay. Well, a lot of good things about it. And, you know, a lot of shows find their way in season two. So. Right. And I thought as I'm watching it, I was like, okay, I feel like this is the completed story. I know where everything's going. And then, you know, it leaves you on a massive cliffhanger. So be ready for the huge cliffhanger. Because that, you know, I can't imagine them making this show with this cliffhanger and then going, we don't know if we're coming back, mm-hmm. but they are, and uh, we'll see. I'm definitely going to watch a second season of it. Now, I'm not like, oh my God, this is the greatest thing ever, the Umbrella Academy. Enjoyable enough for me, interesting enough where it's a binge. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say not yet decided. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's You're never allowed. watching it. You're never <laughs> watching it. Who are we kidding? I've, I watched a few of them. So Demo says binge, then uh, I'll, I'll go along with that. Um, okay, so final thoughts. Um, I, I watched something that I really enjoyed. Um, and it's, it's a comedy special of this guy who uh, he just passed away about a month ago. And uh, everyone who does stand up had interacted with him. Yep, um, I, everyone, I wouldn't say that I was friends with him, but I, but I would run into him a lot. He used to hang out at the Starbucks across the street from my day job. So, uh, we would, you know, we would, we were friendly. I think everyone felt like everyone was friendly. friendly with him. Yeah. Um, cause he was friendly with everybody. Yeah. That was his whole thing. It was friendship. And, uh, Brody Stevens, um, was a great guy. He was born here in Panorama city he loves the valley. Um, he loves loved the valley. It. He lived uh, over on Magnolia in Valley Village. Um, he, I mean, he would hashtag his photos with eight one eight, just just for no reason, just to add. Even if he wasn't in the valley, he would just tag eight one eight. Push and believe was one of his sayings. Uh, enjoy it. Uh, positive energy. He was just such a positive guy. Huge and baseball fan. Huge baseball fan. He played at Arizona State. Um, people who are listening to this are like, why would we heard of this, heard of this guy? He was in the hangover and and some other stuff. Um, anyway, Brody Stevens passed away about a month ago and we'll miss him a lot. Uh, comedy dynamics produced a special, um, of him performing in the main room at the comedy store, which sounds great, but it's a giant room that never fills up. Uh, well, very rarely. Very. Up. I mean, let me put it this way. Anytime we've performed there, it's sparse. Yeah. I've I've done, I think, four shows in that room, and there's been about, I don't know, 40 people there. The first time I ever performed there, 
I think I went up late and um, I was performing for maybe seven or eight people. <laughs> and when you, and when the show started, it was like, you know, it was packed. Yeah. You know, and you're like, oh my God, this is good. This is a great crowd. Just, I'm gonna, it's going to be so much to play off of. And then by the time you get out there, there's like seven people well, left. People leave. That's the whole point That's of the that whole, room. Yeah. It's, it's tourists and stuff. Yep. Yep. So, so people trickle out. So they filmed the special at, he went on at 1230 in the morning. So the people who were there were like, I mean, they were filing out as he was performing and you want to see 46 minutes of what it's really like to be a comic that works in LA. He does battle with the audience for 46 minutes. He calls people out. He argues with people. He asks almost everyone where they went to high school. Um, he gets into it. I mean, he just does battle. He's like, you, you guys aren't getting off the hook. I will not bomb. Yeah. Um, and he really just has this tenacity. Um, I mean, well, his energy is like nothing I'd ever seen the before. The only, the, the first time I saw him, I was working at uh, working. I was playing, uh, this gig down at the whaler in Venice and it was a, it was a small little room. It, nothing was really going on. I went up, I did all right. And then there's this, this guy that shows up I'd never seen before. Kind of a, a weird looking dude, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, look, you're like, he's mm, got an interesting look. And he proceeds to, he never even went up to the mic. He just, <laughs> he just walked around the room yelling at everybody. And when I'm, when I'm saying yelling at everybody, not like he was being mean to them. He was just like, just, you know, projecting. Like I've never seen any project. It was like a therapy session for him. Yeah. And he engaged with everybody. And it was like, I'd never seen anything like it. And I was like, who is that? And my friend's like, oh, that's Brody Stevens. He, he's, he's, he's like, this is the guy. It's like, what he does. It's what he does. I'm like, wow. Yeah. You know? he, so he's great. So if you want to see a different take on stand up and a real truthful representation of what it is like to do stand up out here, it's definitely yeah. a comedy special worth seeing. Yeah. You watch Dane Cook play Madison Square Garden. It's like, that's not what it's like. No. It's not like that. It, it's like this it's a guy yelling at the audience for 46 minutes at 1230 in the morning. Um, and it's, it's really funny. And he's, uh, he was always a really kind person. Um, he had a show on comedy central about six years ago called enjoy it, um, that Zach Galifianakis produced. And that's where I first became aware of him. I don't know where that lives now, if it's out somewhere or not, I haven't seen it anywhere. Um, I'm sure comedy central will put it up somewhere. Maybe, uh, but enjoy it was great, but, uh, check out his special. It's on Amazon prime. Uh, it's great. So that's kind of our final, uh, final thought. Since you never mentioned it, it's called Brody Stevens live from the main room. Okay. So that's three episodes in the can. Wow. That was fast. (laughs) Yeah. Three in the can and you still haven't paid me. I, for one, I hope this show goes three more episodes. It, it, I, three. <laughs> I, mean, I was hoping for six because that seems to be the trend lately. <laughs> six half hours. We're going to get six half hours and be done with it. And you go, oh, wow, you guys really hit a home run in those six though. But uh, <laughs> no second season for you. Yeah. Well, at least the show is evergreen so you could listen to it a year later and it's still relevant. Yeah. And people go, what's absentia? <laughs> I never even heard of that show. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, we hope you've enjoyed uh, this. We hope you check out some of these shows and please, um, we're on iTunes now, so you can go and leave comments. We're going to put up a Facebook page. We're going to do some other stuff. So let us know what you think of Demo and me. Not and personally. No, we already know I that. can't. I can't take the rejection. Yeah, but let us know what you think of our show, but let us know what you think about 
these shows that we're recommending, do you agree with us? Are they binges? Are they purges? And um, are we know, totally out of our minds? Yeah. And uh, what else? Let but, us know what you think of, of uh, Jess. Yes. Jess the Facts. That's good. I like that. You like that? That's we'll her name. Her that. Jess the Facts. What a great name. Thanks, guys. Look, we can't be right all the time. So sometimes we'll, uh, you know, we'll check back later on stuff. And, and she helps us out. Just the facts is there for us. Thank you, Jess. Thank you, uh, everyone who listened. Let us know what you think. Talk to you next time. Bye.